You are listening to the Ridgewood Church Podcast on a sermon series that will take us through the Gospel of John, entitled, Learning Jesus. You know, it's hard when a loved one leaves. When you drop your kindergartner off at the bus, you know, for the first time, and you kind of pat him on the back and then go home and cry. Or when you drop your college student off for the first time and you get back in the car and cheer. But it's hard when those transitions happen in life. And sometimes those transitions are life-changing. Saying goodbye as you nurse someone through hospice or a parent that packs up to leave after a divorce. Betrayal of someone close to you, making it impossible for you to have relationship. Those things hurt. It's hard when a loved one leaves. Well, Jesus was leaving. And the disciples didn't like this at all. They were rattled by this. So Jesus sent a helper that would comfort them that would help them in their confusion and in their fear and teach them about what was to come. And that person, of course, is the amazing Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus had a better plan. And as he gathered his disciples in that room, he began to talk to them about what was next. The Lord was preparing the disciples for the arrival of another helper. This is the helper we're going to talk about this morning. Because the Lord needed to leave. He needed to go do His mission. He needed to die and He needed to atone for sin and and rise again and defeat death and ascend and glorify Himself. But He also knew there was a need. And so He sent this amazing helper that would pave the way for the disciples to thrive, for the church to be built, and for us to thrive too. This morning, I want you to know that though you can't see Jesus, He's with you. And though we cannot reach out and touch Him, He indwells us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we are indwelled and empowered to teach and to spread the Word and to have wisdom and to live our life differently than culture. All because of this amazing And so this morning, I want you to know that you're not alone. You don't have to work hard to be a good Christian, nor do you have to settle for less. This morning, I want you to know that you can trust in, you can have confidence in, and you can rely on the amazing power of the Holy Spirit. And so take your Bibles, if you would, and we're going to delve in to two different texts this morning. So I want you to have a Bible with you, if you could. And so turn first to John 14. We're going to begin in verse 12. This is 901 in that Bible in the seat back in front of you. You can also use the Ridgewood app if you would like. You can just touch media and go to the study guide and today's date. John 14 beginning in verse 12. So while you're looking for that, we're learning Jesus. We're still in the upper room discourse. Jesus will be on the cross in a few hours. He's been telling his men some really important things, but the headliner is, I'm leaving. 
And so when I'm gone, I'm going to send you another helper who is amazing, who is powerful, and who is reliable. But of course, the disciples wanted him. But Jesus had a plan. Let's begin in verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then in 16, he begins to tell them about the gift that was coming. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So at first glance, these first four verses seem a little bit disconnected from verses 16 on, but there is an and there, which means they are connected. And here's what's happening. In verse 12, the words, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. Doesn't mean that the apostles are going to do greater miracles than Jesus. What it means is, is the breadth of their ministry will expand because of the helper that has come. And so we can see times in Acts 2, for example, when Peter is preaching and 3,000 people are coming and being converted. That's because of the amazing power of the Holy Spirit. And so there is this new person that would come. And then in 13 through 15, Jesus leans into the subject of obedience and continually in his gospel, John is talking about love for Jesus equaling obedience. You can't separate the two of them. So asking for prayer in my name means that you're walking with Jesus, and in the Greek it would be my will. And John expands on this concept in his writing in the book of 1 John, and you can see how he states it here. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And so the way this fits together is Jesus is leaving. He sends a helper to increase the breadth of the ministry, to build the church. And because of the obedience of the disciples, he's sending a helper for them who will answer their prayers. And it's also all made possible because of the gift of the helper, the amazing Holy Spirit. But here's the good news for you this morning, and this is where we're going to start. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. He is alive in the life of the believer. And so you never have to doubt that. In 1 Corinthians, Paul tells us that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He tells us that we are indwelled with the Holy Spirit. So we see this clearly here in 16 and 17 that the Spirit is here, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another help you, helper to be with you forever. So Jesus will ask the Father to send a new helper for them. Now, this must have been like another language to them. 
because their life was in this group, and they're in the upper room, and life is changing, and Jesus is sitting there, and he's saying, I'm leaving, I'm sending somebody else. They're going, we don't want that. We like you. But Jesus has a plan. He's sending a new helper, a counselor, that will be with them and will be with us forever. And here Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as parakletos, which translates helper, counselor, encourager, and mediator. All of those are available to believers. This is the person that you do know. This is the person that speaks to you during your devotions, that whispers to you words of comfort at times of difficulty. This is the person that gives you a check in your spirit when something is wrong, a conscience pang when you're about to sin. This is that person indwelling you and helping you. And the good news here is he indwells you forever. So you'll never be without him. Second, in the same section we see that the Holy Spirit speaks the truth of God. One of the reasons we can rely on him so heavily is that he speaks truth. Boy, do we need truth in our culture and in our churches. And the Holy Spirit does that. He communicates the truth of God. Now, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit not long at all after he makes that amazing claim, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so this title, Spirit of Truth, may allude to the fact that the Spirit bears witness to the truth of Jesus Christ. He guides us into truth. And that's why the world can't know him. Because the world system is owned and guided by the father of lies, our enemy, Satan. So you ever wonder if you don't feel like you're at home, it's because you're not. If you ever wonder why you're at odds with culture, it's because you are. Because you're indwelled with truth, and we live in a world overseen by the father of lies. Well, no wonder we feel like we don't belong here. But the Spirit is there to help us. He's there to speak to us. He's there to encourage us. When we open our Bibles, the Spirit is there. Sometimes when I pray, it's clinical. You know, in the morning, I'm like, Lord, help me, to, help me to get something from this. Open the Bible. I forget that I'm actually praying to the person who wrote it. So there could be insight there if I'm open to it. He's there when I share my faith. He gives us the words to say. We don't have to be afraid. Jesus told the apostles, you know, don't worry. The Holy Spirit's going to show up and he's going to tell you exactly what to say. When we need to confront someone, he is there. When we're overwhelmed by worldviews, he is there to steer us in the right direction. And when we're tempted to depend on ourselves, our money, our power, our security, and we're about to forsake dependence on God, the Holy Spirit is there saying no. No. There's only one person that you need. His name is Jesus. The Holy Spirit is going to direct you back to Jesus. So this is the amazing helper that we have. He's going to remind us that Jesus is the king. He's going to remind us that we've overcome the world. And he speaks truth through his indwelling nature. So, 
and you can believe what he says. This is, is kind of cool because not only is he speaking a lot, but you can believe him because he speaks with the Father's authority. So what I want you to do here is I want you to flip ahead just a couple of pages to John 16. Okay, Go to John 16, 13. And Jesus now is going to do a, a bit of a description of this new helper that he's sending. And he's going to tell them that this person speaks through the Father's authority or with the Father's authority. So here's what he says, beginning in verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. So there's the idea there, again, of speaking truth. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. But the amazing thing here is, is that He's tuned into the Father, and He says what the Father wants Him to say. He speaks what He hears. And so we can be absolutely sure when the Holy Spirit is talking to us, when we're being guided, when we feel that nudge, that that person that is steering us has the authority of the Father. And so that line, and he will declare to you the things that are to come, is not necessarily futuristic, although prophecy certainly is involved. I don't have time to get into all the spiritual gifts, but probably in this context, he's talking about what's immediately to come, the death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ. He's going to tell you about these things. He's going to explain them to you. And then, of course, when Pentecost came, where the team just sang about, then they would have a better understanding of what Jesus is referring to here. But not only does this amazing Spirit dwell in us forever, but He speaks to us, and He speaks with the Father's authority. And one thing you need to understand before we go any further is the person that is speaking to you is a person. It is not, uh, he is not someone that's just kind of a mystical presence that you summon when you need him. He, he, he's not an it or a thing. It's a person who is fully God and he indwells you and that's amazing. It really is. When I was studying for this message many times when we pray, you know, we're kind of afraid to, what, to pray about the Holy Spirit because we're Baptists, you know? Like, we used to have this joke, probably one of the best seminaries around is Dallas Theological Seminary, but guys would come out of there and go like, oh, we're just learning about the Holy Spirit now, you know, because it was like a conservative uh, place. But the thing that's so amazing about Him is that He is real and He is at work, and we don't have to be afraid of Him. Now, no doubt the gifts of the Spirit have been abused and people have taken things out of context, but that's not the Holy Spirit's fault. That's our fault. And so one of the things he's about right now is he's convicting the world of sin. And this is good. You know why this is good? Because you don't have to. You're not the Holy Spirit. And I'm not the Holy Spirit. And so we don't have to fix everyone. We don't have to nag people into obeying. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Look what Jesus says here in 16, 8 through 11. 
This is a confusing section, but it's important. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Here's what that means. He convicts the world of sin. He will present and expose the facts about this world, about the satanic system. Now, it's easy to see what happened yesterday in Dayton, Ohio, in El Paso. That's clearly evil. It's clearly, clearly terrible. But he's also going to expose all of the things that have become commonplace in culture and in our churches that are ungodly and there will be a reckoning. And then he will convict righteousness. This means the Jewish people crucified Jesus because they thought he was unrighteous. But his death and resurrection and ascension prove that he is righteous and he is indeed the Son of God. And then he will convict in judgment. Finally, at the end of the day, he will defeat Satan. He will judge Satan. I can't wait to teach about this in Revelation chapter 20. You've got to make sure you come to that because, you know, the end times are coming and we need to learn about the end times before they get here so we know what the end times are and what's coming. And that's how good the study is going to be too. Really clear. Here's the thing. Satan, Satan looks like he's winning, doesn't he? No. He, he's, he's done. We just got to hang in there. Keep fighting the fight. Keep running the race. Our team is the winning team. Jesus is the victor. And so here's the Holy Spirit coming to convict the world of its sin, to lift up the righteous servant, Jesus Christ, and to judge Satan at the end of time. So you can rely on him. He's a tool for you. He's amazing. And then I want to leave you with this because this is important. The Holy Spirit will teach you about Jesus. This is his central role. This is his central role. Look at 16, 14, and 15. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Because Jesus is the word of God, Logos, all that the Father possesses, He has given to the Son. And amazingly, scripturally, because we are followers of Jesus, we have that too, as possessors of the inheritance. The Spirit of truth will bring glory to Jesus, revealing all of His personhood. And we can trust that. But remember, he is equal to the Father and to the Son in essence. Different roles, but equal. Fully God. But His role is to glorify Christ. So be careful of churches or denominations that talk more about the Holy Spirit than they do about Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit is directing people to Jesus and directing you to Jesus. So this amazing spirit is dwelling in you. He's speaking to you. He's speaking in the authority of the Father. He's convicting and glorifying. And then he's at work in our lives practically. So let's just 
Let's just uh, play this out for a minute. What does this practically look like in our lives? Well, first, you will never be without him. Ever. So, I don't care what you call me after this statement. You can call me biblical if you want, or you can call me a Calvinist, or or whatever name you want to throw at me. I don't like labels. But I will say this, the Bible's clear about one thing, is once the Holy Spirit indwells you, He does not unindwell you. We are sealed for the day of redemption, Ephesians 1. We are sealed for the day of redemption. It's a stamp, the seal of a king. And so you never have to lay in bed going, wow, I sinned a lot today. So do I really have the Holy Spirit? Or I'm in a really tough spot. Or I don't know what to say. Do I really have the Holy Spirit? Yes, you do have the Holy Spirit. And you will have Him forever. Secondly, you will always have access to truth. He will always guide you into truth. You may be surrounded by untruth. You may be bumbled by cultural untruth. Or even untruth within the churches of today. But the Spirit will guide you into truth. And this is his main vehicle for doing that. So get reacquainted with this. Podcasts are great. They're really good. Sermons online are wonderful. But don't substitute that for church and don't substitute that for reading the Word. Because this is where truth is found. And this is where the Holy Spirit can really work in your life. And then you can be encouraged by this. You are empowered by God who dwells in you. When Jesus commanded us to make disciples, he commanded us to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, which is the basis of our Trinitarian theology, that we have three separate persons that make up the Godhead. So when you're indwelled by the Spirit, that means you are indwelled by God. And when you pray... You're praying to God, not a separate entity. So this is really encouraging because you have the full power of God in you. Christ dwells in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then finally, he will help you glorify Christ and draw others to him. Listen, it matters how you spend your life. It matters. Every minute of your life matters. So the question is, are you living it for Jesus or are you living it for yourself or is there some kind of a mix in between? The Holy Spirit, when He gets control of you, will drive you hard towards submission and living your lives to make Jesus known. And as a church, if we submit to the power of God, the Holy Spirit will come and has come And he will help us to create impact in our city. So we can go out, we can spread the word, we can plant churches, we can raise up our student ministry because we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. God is with us and the Holy Spirit's real and active. And I want you to know that's the case in your life. So, this section is not exhaustive. But he gave the disciples just enough to comfort them. Jesus was leaving 
They were freaking out. It's hard to watch people leave that you love. But Jesus had to go. He had to create a brand new pathway. He had to die. He had to rise again. But the good news is, one day he is coming back. But in between times, we needed a helper. In the church age, we need a helper. His name is the Holy Spirit, and you can rely on the amazing power of this helper. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.